Mark mentioned my name is Father Ar I'm a, a senior priest and uh, actually semi-retired, I guess. And uh, the, a great deal of my ministry, uh, I spent uh, working as a chaplain in three different Catholic high schools in the Archdiocese. <clears throat> and then there was one uh, particular of those high schools where there was a uh, teacher who uh, taught uh, theology and particularly church history. Um, this man was, uh, <clears throat> uh, had an encyclopedic knowledge of church history, much better than I had. So I certainly had spent a lot of time talking to him so he could fill in certain things for me from, from uh, history. Uh, he knew the, the history of the church extremely well and he loved the church. Get that? He knew more than anyone I'd ever met about the history of the church. And he loved the church. Very loyal. And he straightened me out on a lot of things that I, I had heard. As when I first came into his classroom, right on his desk he had a little sign. And it's, it had said these words. And he taught juniors. And it said, Jesus loves you but I'm his favorite. <laughs> I never forgot that. I thought, yeah, he's kind of messing with the juniors. <laughs> but uh, that reminds me that uh, uh, I think people think about that that way when they uh, look at priests and women religious. They think, well, you know, you're, you're God's favorite, but me, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm an insect. I'm a worm. I'm a sinner. See? When we, I found that when we hear those words that God loves you, most of us don't really believe that. I was surprised in my, early in my priesthood how many people did not want to accept that. I'm not sure really where they got that. Um, as you know, the, the name Satan means accuser. And so people began to, I think, believe the accusations, the bad accusations that, that the Satan made against God. They began to believe those. But we must continue on. Now, we see in today's gospel, God the Father and the Holy Spirit are present at the baptism of Jesus. The Trinity we see right there. Sometimes uh, people have said, yeah, the word Trinity doesn't appear, does not appear in the, in the scriptures. But today is a perfect example. There it is. There you see the dove, the, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. The Father, heavens open up, speaking, and Jesus being baptized. There is the Trinity. God in three persons. The Trinity is always present to us, ready to offer us grace for our mission. And we each have a mission. Every single one of us. It's Mine's just a specific mission. And missions are very specific for each one of us. Somebody once said, the two greatest days in, our, in the life of us. The second is when you understand and realize why you were born. We were born with a mission to bring goodness into the world. If we conform our lives to God's will. So I use that word grace. 
Now, I've talked to people before about this, saying, you know, it's very difficult to define what grace is. I used to say, you need a poet to help us with that. And uh, so, but I uh, found a story that helped me understand the grace of God and God's grace for us in our mission. It's a story about a, a mother who uh, I believe was a, a piano teacher and had a, had a little, little boy, about four or five, and she wanted to share with him her love of piano music. So she began to teach him at an early age. And about this stage, he, he was able to, to play, you know, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, one of the first songs that we, we heard. He was working on that. And she, uh, she had uh, saw on a poster that one of her uh, favorite uh, piano uh, virtuosos, a guy by the name of Paderewski, <clears throat> was coming to town and was going to play in the, in the opera house. Paderewski uh, uh, was born in about 1860, died in, uh, 18, uh, in 1941. Uh, uh, Debbie tells me, I didn't know this, but that not only was he a piano virtuoso, he was also a composer. And if you do look up his name, he will be listed under a former prime minister of Poland. That's one another thing. A great, very charismatic man. Uh, again, uh, piano virtuoso coming to town. And so, of course, she got tickets early as she could, and she was able to, to score some really good seats right up, right up front and took her little boy uh, with her. So she went into the, op, into the house there. She was sitting there and was so excited. And she was not too far from the, from the piano. She was down about here and the stage about here. And uh, as she sat down, people began fighting in, and she, and she was so excited about what was going to happen. Uh, but then there, there was somebody who came and sat next to her, and, and they struck up a conversation. She was absorbed in this conversation. Uh, then she, she realized that the lights, the lights were going down and, and the spotlights were on the, the piano. She begins, so she looks over to her child, and to her horror, her child's gone. She goes, and then all of a sudden, uh, the, the Federesti comes, comes out, and people start applauding. She's going, where's my son? She sees, and he's over at the piano. And he's there playing. And she's like, oh, no. She's going to ruin <laughs> Federesti's concert. Federesti comes up and sees a little boy playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the piano. And he goes over to him. And she's watching, going, oh, no, what's she going to do? And he comes over to the child. He's playing the piano. He comes over, and he's playing Twinkle to a Little Star. He writes, he's putting all the grace notes, all the harmonics to this tune that he's playing. I thought, wow, what a great metaphor for God being with us. So what I saw in that is when we try to do something, and our heart is, is there with God, we, and our attentions are good, we might say, well, my, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do anything. I, I, this is not very good. It's not perfect. It doesn't have to be. If your heart is in it, God comes through and makes your little tiny song that you're plinking away at, brings it to a whole other level, a whole other level of spirituality and effectiveness that can, that can go way beyond what you were able to do. God the Father gives us grace for our mission. As small or insignificant as it might seem to you, 
God is always there. And he's pleased. Now notice that uh, toward the end of the gospel, the heavens open up and the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Notice that Jesus hadn't done anything yet. See, this is what happens to us. We think God will love us when we do this. God will love us if we do this. And that's probably one of the reasons why people say, well, God doesn't love me because I'm a loser here. No. See, next week you'll hear about the first miracle where Mary, his mother, says those great words. Just do everything he tells you. Mary still tells us that. Just do what he tells you. Things will be fine. He'll take it from there. Not only that, he'll elevate whatever you're doing if you if your heart is with it, with the Lord. God loves us for who, we are, who, for who we are. We are God's creation. And God looks at each one of us and looks and sees our potential, what we're capable of, all the great that we're capable of. Remember, there's another part of Scripture that says, you will do greater things than I'm doing. That, to me, is an awesome statement. It's also kind of intimidating, challenging. God sees what we have in our hearts. God knows what you're capable of when many others don't. My uh, preaching professor from uh, Catholic U, uh, he, uh, he, he still writes, he writes in magazines, Catholic magazines, and I was reading one of his articles, and he mentioned there's something I didn't know. He said that a guy by the name of Walt Disney was given an evaluation, and when, on the evaluation it said, this man has no imagination. <laughs> I thought, What? So what do people know, you know? But they didn't see when he was in his younger days when, what he was capable of, just like us. And then there was a book that came out a few, few years ago uh, that I read a review uh, on. It was talking about Einstein. And then in there it said he had a girlfriend who, who left him for a much smarter man. <laughs> and I wonder who that guy is. But people, didn't, people don't see. God sees the heart. We don't. I want to end with a, a, a prayer that when I first heard it, one line in there really struck me because I never, it kind of changed the way I frame things now. It, it says that God is pleased, just God is pleased if we just have the desire to please God. That pleases God. It's, called, it's a prayer called the um, Thomas Merton prayer. Thomas Merton was a, um, a Trappist, a monk, and a Trappist, uh, to be a Trappist, that's very harsh, disciplined, rigorous uh, life. Uh, he spent countless hours in prayer. And this is one of the prayers that he wrote. He wrote, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me 
by the right road. Though I may not know nothing about it, therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me.